0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. Before this afternoon's deadline, the Sens will announce they are taking restricted free agent Alex DeBrinket to club-elected arbitration. So what does that even mean?
1: And speaking of RFAs, Ross, we're going to take a look at what Shane Pinto's next contract might look like.
0: And we'll get back to our NHL draft rankings. Today, we're profiling David Edstrom, Mikhail Gulyayev, and Andrew Kristal. It's all coming up on today's edition Inside episode 821 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also available on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. That is is at the game time app. Today is Thursday, June 15th, and Pilsey, listeners of Locked On Senators knew two weeks ago that it was always going to be a possibility. Alex Debrinkit would be taken to club-elected arbitration, but even after Pierre Dorian told us that, are you surprised at all?
1: No, I'm not really surprised, Ross, because look, if things were going well, with discussions between Alex Dabrinkit and the Ottawa Senators, we would know things were going well, and there's probably would have been a deal in place already. Clearly, things are not going well between the Ottawa Senators and Alex Dabrinkit when it comes to a contract extension, especially because it seems like the Ottawa Senators have said, hey, we're willing to, Pierre Dorian told us, we're looking at deals one year through eight years. So all of the options the Ottawa Senators are looking at And Alex Dabrinka seemingly does not want to sign a long-term extension in Canada. So time is running out and they have to do something. So now this is an opportunity for the senators to go the arbitration route, but not have to be at the mercy of that $9 million qualifying
0: offer. So this comes in lieu of a $9 million qualifying offer. A date will be decided on. It's not yet determined where the Senators will make their case in front of the arbitrator why Alex Dabrinkit is not worth $9 million for next year, and they can get as much as a 15% rollback on that cost. Which,
1: what's, what's the promo code on that 15% off? Jeez.
0: L-O-S-P <laughs> promo code, or meow could be the uh, nice. promo code there. Uh, if they would be su- successful there, it would be a $7.65 million cap hit and again, you'd be walking him right to unrestricted for agency. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Alex Debrinket will not be finishing this upcoming season with the Ottawa Senators. But if you're going to have him back on a one-year deal, at least this gives the team a bit of flexibility. Based on a down year last year, I don't think he's worth $9 million. I think even in his heart of hearts, he knows that the way that last year went, probably not a $9 million player next season. That's not to say he can't bounce back, be that 40 goal scorer that he's been twice in his young NHL career. But I, I think that this is going to be somewhat of a success. And I'm saying it like that because it, it's not 15% or nothing. Pilsy, the arbitrator can decide any number as much as 15%. So it could be one year, at 8 million. It could be 7.7. It could be 7.9. You get the deal. But if, Brinkett wins, it's one year, nine million dollars. Yeah, and the thing is, I think if you're looking at last year's stats for Alex to
1: I think it's fair to say, like you mentioned, everyone can agree that's not a nine million dollar production year. However, Alex to Brinkett is probably sitting in a spot where he's like, I scored 40 plus goals twice already, I'm betting on myself. I like if I'm gonna do any kind of deal. Especially with the Ottawa Senators, it's going to be something short that takes me to UFA, which next year he will be a UFA, or something that will allow me to go to another team and sign the extension I want and believe I, I deserve. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how the Ottawa Senators use their leverage in this negotiation and how Alex Dabrinkit uses his leverage in this negotiation
0: and the negotiations can continue right up until the arbitration hearing, again, to be determined when, they can negotiate an eight-year contract, which I say almost tongue-in-cheek because it sounds like it's all but assured that that's not going to happen, but there's nothing holding the two sides back from negotiating right up until that hearing date. We'll have you covered on this as it comes. If you want to hear Pierre Dorian's thoughts on this, you can either go check out our interview with him from May 31st on our YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I also clipped that answer. We put it up on Twitter at Send Central. We also put up on Twitter a very important question. The Senator's second most important RFA after Alex Dabrinkit is the man who played center with him for most of the year. It's Shane Pinto. And a lot of people are okay, or if not prefer, a bridge deal. For Shane Pinto. Is that where you land on his upcoming contract out of his entry level? Ross, I, I'm worried I'm going to put
1: myself into um, I don't know a clever way to say this, but uh, Pillsy bridge deal uh, corner here because I've been talking about bridge deals for RFAs for a while now. You guys know my stance on uh, the Debrinca case, but I really think a bridge deal makes sense for Shane Pinto and the Ottawa Senators here because I've, I've said it and I'll say it again. You you simply cannot lock up every player. I know that seems like a great idea uh, in a land of all sunshine and rainbows and no cap issues and every player plays to their potential and uh, this core works and there's no problems and this team wins Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's great. And Ross likes the sound of that. Um, But you do need flexibility in a league where there's a hard cap. Maybe other leagues, you you can play around with that and you can maneuver and pay luxury tax penalties, etc. But you only have a certain amount of dollars to spend and you can't get into a situation where, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, you just lock up all your guys and now all your life is spent maneuvering these little small pieces and flipping entire bottom six rosters every year just so that you can fit under the cap because you've locked up these guys. It's not a terrible idea, but I just think you need the flexibility. And I think Shane Pinto is a guy that I don't know if I'm really sure what his full potential is here. And he's locked in as this team's third line center. But this is a kid that... In his basic rookie season, he scored 20 goals last year. Now you might say, okay, that's inflated because he got to play second line center minutes a lot of the time with players like Drake Batherson um, and Alex Devrinket. But <laughs> yeah, who? Um, but I just think this is not a time where Shane Pinto or the Ottawa Senators are fully sure of his value and want to go long term. At least in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. Pierre Dorian told us two weeks ago they've discussed everything from a one-year deal to an eight-year deal. So he gave us absolutely nothing on that one, but I understand why. There's a lot of reasons why you could bet on Shane Pinto to be uh, a middle six with with high second-line upside if he can become a little bit more well-rounded, I'd say, a five-on-five because we know that – and I'm glad you didn't mention the power play as a reason for his inflated – numbers as a rookie because we had him penciled in even at the start of the year as that net front guy on the second unit great at tipping pucks big body able to stand in front of the net and win face-offs too which we're seeing an improvement he's not at the level he was at North Dakota just yet but it's certainly going in that direction 52 percent last year and what was great to see after missing all but five games in last season because of a shoulder injury he came back and played all 82 last season yes. so that's behind him he's Huge. able to you know regroup he's only 22 years old which i think is unreal and this is almost where burning a year coming out of college worked against him and yeah the injury didn't help either but now he's only played 99 nhl games you can't really be asking for a whole lot in terms of aav without being able to have that sustained production over multiple seasons yeah and that's fair but i mean ross if you're looking at that
1: too like he had a pretty damn good year for his first year. Like tw- scoring 20 goals is no joke. Like that's a big deal. And him, him and his camp are obviously going to flex
0: that for sure. Um, well, then the Sens will probably come back and say, ah, defensively that line was uh, out there quite a bit when the puck was in the back of their own net. Yeah, exactly.
1: A- and I think it- it's very clear that he's this team's third line center. And for this team's roster to work going forward, he needs to be paid as a third line center. And, and, So what is that? I think a third line center is somewhere between two point five and three point five million. At least that's my opinion. I'd have to do more research, seeing what other teams are paying third line centers. But for for your top six guys to get paid like they are, and your defensemen to get paid like they are, I think that's where he has
0: to slot in. KW Sens fan. I really appreciate always interacting with us on Twitter. He gave a couple comparables for bridge deals for Shane Pinto. One, Philip Heedle. He signed two years at 2.3, and he had 71 points in 186 games before signing that contract. A reminder that Shane Pinto has only played 99 games and has 43 points to this point in his NHL career. The other comparable is Rupe Hintz, who we know has since gotten Ooh. paid. He had 55 points in 118 games. That's a 0.46 points per game. Pinto right now is at 0.43. I was going to say similar. Yes. Yeah. He signed at three times 3.15. Okay. Yeah. And they're both early or Rupe Hints and Pinto, both a uh, second round picks. Heedle was a late first 21st overall. So, I, I don't mind that. And Those are great
1: it. comparables. Yeah. A lot
0: of people wrote in on Twitter and on Instagram, Locked On Dot Senators, that three by three is the way to go with Shane Pinto. I wouldn't mind going even longer term. We know the organization absolutely adores him. Would you be worried at all to the Colin White effect if you went five, six, seven years? Because I uh, would. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. I.
1: I. As long as he's not getting the Colin White AAV. Right. Because what, what was that four point seven five? Yeah, that was a courtesy. Hey, our team stinks. Can you yeah, and you? we just need someone to support and sign long term here.
0: Four point seven five. Wow. wow, dude! In the final year, of it, I know it was bought out. But in the final year, the way this worked out, he was going to make six point two five million in cap.
1: Hey, out of boy, Whitey. Out of boy, Whitey. Get paid. Get your bag. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I think I don't want to go that long term, Ross, just because. Then you're, you're, if you go five years, walking him to UFA, right? Or are you walking him to one more RFA? Uh,
0: he has four years left before RFA.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, you're, if five year deal walks him to UFA,
0: that's we call that the Matthews special.
1: Yeah. So, I think I would like to do a three year deal. Have one more year of uh, of RFA, or at least years of RFA. Not a math guy, uh, so that you can negotiate one more contract there when you have a better idea of where things are at. And if I'm Shane Pinto, that's what I want too, because I, I believe the cap's going to go up big time in three, four years. It, it, at least from what Elliot Friedman talks about and what uh, people are saying, like these slow cap rises, they're going to jump pretty soon here, especially with. The sale of the Ottawa Center is going where it is, the success of the uh, expansion teams and this this league is just finding more ways to grow the game and create more revenue. So I really think if you're a young player, just bide your time, take decent deals and wait for that boom to hit before you try to do anything long term. And I think that might be what Alex Dabrinkat is looking
0: at as well. What is the official offer to Shane Pinto from Locked On Senators? We know that uh, well, by the way, one of our best interviews going. Remember how this guy he's so everything he says, you think it's it's like he's about to burst out laughing all the time. Great guy. I feel like he's a he's a part of the culture of this team, Big a time. part of the fabric of this team. What's your offer to Shane Pinto if you're Pierre Dorian? My
1: personal offer would be three years, two point eight.
0: Okay. I think that's pretty fair. And then what? Settle up to three if if he pushes hard enough. Yeah, I'm not going above
1: three. Uh, unfortunately, you've already got Joseph making just under three. Then Pinto making three. And then if you want to bolster that bottom six, you're probably going to have another guy making high, like mid to high two million. So you're running out of space here, unfortunately, and everything. I'm so cognizant of the fact that Jake Sanderson's next contract is going to be a huge jump.
0: Now, so, so there, is some, there is some dead money coming off the books after this uh, this year. Del Zotto, yep. uh, Bobby Ryan, I think, still getting paid. Yeah, uh, no, he is. Company, yeah. And uh, Matt Murray as well. Now, could the Ottawa Senators find more cap space? If Matt Murray gets bought out, they'll get a little kickback. It'll extend it, I think, by a year, but they'll get a little kickback.
1: You're talking about if the Leafs buy out Murray, yeah? A little bit of kickback. (laughs) I hope that happens. That would. I soon check the receipts of all those Leafs fans. Those if you guys bookmarked those tweets, oh boy,
0: we did, we did. Let us know (laughs) in the comments. I should have known you did. (laughs) Let us know in the comments. Shane Pinto's next contract. Are you okay going six, seven years? Are you willing to sacrifice elsewhere on the roster to make sure that Shane Pinto's next contract? doesn't break the bank let us know we got lots more to get into on today's show though including a statement from nico sparks who has fallen short of his bid to win the ottawa senators and our draft rankings that's all coming up next you're listening to locked on senators
1: today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at game time guys Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It's like you're going to these events to be entertained, to relax, to have a night out with friends. The last thing you want is stress just trying to get the tickets. So, what you need to do is download the Game Time app. It's the best place to buy tickets for sports music comedy theater near you you get killer deals on last minute tickets and with your best price guarantee you don't have to stress about the tickets and start getting hyped about all the fun you can have forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of events you can find the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price and let's say you do find the tickets in the same section and row for less game time is going to credit you 110 percent of the difference you love that. Get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. It's two taps, one, two, boom, and you got the tickets on your phone. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
0: Today's episode is also brought to you by our great friends at Shawarma Palace. So in less than two weeks' time, I will be sitting down at my favorite location, the one on Rito Street right by Chapel, and crushing the chicken Shawarma platter. I cannot wait to get my extra garlic, and you don't have to wait if you're in Ottawa. You can go to any of their seven locations. They're available in the Salem Raw Shopping Center. They're available at Carleton University, on Bank Street, at Hunt Club, Bank Street, near Centertown, All over the city in Orleans, you're never too far away from a shawarma palace. So when you go there, you can get fuel filled because, yes, they've got the protein. They've got the friggin' tastiest food of all time. And they also do not skimp on the portions at shawarma palace. You literally have to go see these for themselves. They are not kidding around when it comes to the platter. And it's economical. It's great price. And you're helping out a local company. It's the only place for shawarma in Ottawa. I say it from the bottom of my heart. It's the only place I'll go in Ottawa when I'm craving The capital's dish, which is the shawarma. So whether you're a rap guy or a platter guy or girl, make sure you head over to Shawarma Palace. Go to Shawarma Palace. Eat like a royal. Eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. Locked on Senators as we roll through. Programming note two. Our full first round mock draft is well underway. We're probably recording some of it as you're listening to this right now. 32 picks. And then we're going to take our stab at guessing who the Sens draft at 108th overall. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be exclusively on YouTube. And Ross. Last year we did what was the total time for that? Did it hit
1: four hours and not quite? It's like three and a half hours.
0: Oh, I can pull this up right now. NHL full first round mock draft. It was four hours. Oh my God. It was four hours and thirteen. Or three hours, fifty-one minutes, and fifty-eight seconds.
1: Yeah, we, Ross called it our Mona Lisa of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're making James Cameron look like he's out there making mini-document series. If you guys love the NHL Draft, you can't you can't miss our mock draft. We got all the best experts on it. They do a bunch of picks. We ask them about the picks, and it's it's fascinating to see everyone's different opinions and where they slot certain players and if you need to catch up and figure out all the prospects and what teams are thinking where guys can go you got to check out the mock draft I'm so fired up about it
0: people can also check out all of our individual player profiles we want to keep them bite-sized we want to make it basically each length of the video goes between each pick at the draft so they make the pick boom you got your video boom you learn about your player boom and then there you go. You're on to the next pick. The NHL Draft coming up. We're going to do a live stream before the draft starts. Man, it's less than two weeks away. Let's go. It's going to be round two of the NHL Draft, two weeks right now. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for you to hear Scott Wheeler, Jerome Barube, Rachel Dory, all of them coming up on this year's Mock Draft. All right. Coming in at number 27. On our Locked On Senators 2023 NHL Draft Rankings, we're going back to Sweden, back to Frolunda, where Mm -hmm. we just covered another prospect yesterday. It's David Edstrom.
1: David Edstrom is a very interesting prospect, Ross. I just from what I've learned about him is it's, he doesn't have one defining attribute, but he's good in all areas. One of those uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. And sometimes that can be a detriment, but for him, I think it's great because he's someone that NHL teams and scouts are going to look at and say, Hey, we don't have to hammer one thing about this guy. We just need every little bit of his game to get better 1% every day. And he's going to end up being a really good player here. And the Swedes, this is what they do. They pump out solid, solid prospects, and we've already covered a bunch of them so far uh, through our prospect profiles.
0: And for Lunda themselves pumps out yeah. a ton of prospects, have for years. David Edstrom is a left-shot centerman Who's six foot three, one hundred and eighty-five pounds, and a point per game player with the under twenty team at Frölunda. Twenty-eight games, fifteen goals, thirteen assists. Math guy, twenty-eight points, twelve penalty minutes, and had over a point per game at the World Under Eighteens at the end of the year. Now the scouting community is all over the place on David Edstrom. Corey Pronman has him at eighteen, and Scott Wheeler has him at forty-nine. I love how they work at the same entity, but they see so differently. NHL prospects. They're both with the athletic. We've also got Chris Peters at 23. We've got Craig button at 23 and elite prospects down at 42. So an average rank of 31st on our list. He comes in at 27 and Pilsy to me, he's almost like Philip Bystad last year, right? Like a big centerman doesn't have that one separating skill, but you can see the potential based on the consistency. You don't go to a lot of games and the scouts that we've read Every time they leave, they're like, yeah, that was a good game. Good game by David Etrim. Not much to nitpick about this guy's game.
1: Yep, I would agree. So since there's not much to nitpick, let's highlight uh, the good things about him. So in 28 games in the J20 League, he had 15 goals, 13 assists. Good for 28 points, point per game clip. You love to see that. He got a bit of action in the Swedish Hockey League. Four points in 11 games. He had a really good U18 tournament. Eight points in seven games. And... The one thing, I, if, he, if I was to highlight one attribute of his that shines more than anything else, it's his hockey IQ. And these days, you have to have good hockey IQ just to keep up, like just to be in the mix. But having a really good hockey IQ will set you above. And he loves setting up his teammates with tape. Like the passes are right on the tape. He just, he makes things easy for the rest of his line to develop plays.
0: I think that's a great way to put it. And and as he's doing that, he's doing it with his IQ. I'd say that's another, um, another part of his game that really stands out. He's not going to burn you with speed, but no. you don't expect it that size, that to be his calling card. He's a February 18th birthday, so kind of right in the middle of it all, but great at puck retrievals, great at finding his teammates. He's one of those players that – Elite Prospects calls an analytics darling. I think you're going to see him as kind of that prototypical third line center on a really good team. I think that if, you, if you're if you drafting at the end of the first round and you know that this guy is a, is a translatable game, a consistent game, you can call him a high floor type player.
1: Yep, I would agree. High floor for sure. And EP even highlights his game away from the puck, cross, which is great. He's able to support teammates. He's got good gaps. He's got stick in, sticks in the lane. And that's a big part of being a good centerman. Like you can't, if you're going to be an effective centerman, you can't be all offense because then half the game, you're a liability to your team and you're needed to play good defense to not only keep the puck out of your own net, but just to allow your team to have the opportunity to transition the puck up the ice the other way. So that's where I think uh, Edstrom does a really good job of playing well defensively. Now, he doesn't have great skating, but since his hockey IQ is so good, I don't think that really hinders him that much, which is very fortunate for Edstrom.
0: Well, he himself compares his game to Jonathan Taves. Like that's kind of who Okay, yeah. he wants to model his game after a Jonathan Taves type, responsible 200-foot player mm-hmm. but can come up in big moments. And scouts are saying that the best he's ever played was at the world under 18. So when the pressure was the highest, everyone's watching him. It's the last big event before the world the draft and now he's able to take that step and next year he's going to be playing i would expect exclusively with the shl team in Frölunda, and that's where he's just gonna have to take one more step with his skating and i think he'll be over in in north america sooner rather than later and i think he'll be in the nhl uh sooner rather than later as well like i'm not saying they're the exact type of player but like I see a bit of Shane Pinto in this guy, like, the, like that responsible 200 foot game who can play on a power play as a second unit. You probably want him down low, making plays with his vision and using that big frame in front of the net, but he's also going to be a penalty killer at the next level. So I think that a team in the, in the first round, you might be like, Oh, there's, there's like sexier picks. There's flashier picks on the board, but five years down the line, you're gonna be like, yeah, solid pick when you take David Edstrom.
1: You know what? I was actually thinking the same, that he is similar to Shane Pinto. Now I, I, I'm not sure where we can find his faceoff percentages. Um, it, it seems like those are harder numbers to find. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure how he compares in the faceoff dot. But look, Shane Pinto is a third-line center that can bounce up and down your lineup, can play power play, can kill penalties. And I think Edstrom's going to be the same thing. So I really think Edstrom is a safe pick and he's going to be a guy that teams looking to add supporting prospects w- would take. Like if you're... If your prospect pool is bone dry, I don't think you're taking Edstrom because you want to take a couple swings to try to really get some high-end talent. But if you're looking for guys that will help your high-end prospect right now, he's a guy that you can take. And if you're looking for someone that, hey, look, we need a good third-line player on our NHL team down the road, I think Edstrom's a good guy. I do think, though, Ross, I think he's going to go early second-round pick. I don't think he quite cracks the first round.
0: Well, we'll find out soon. And if your team just drafted him, make sure you go check out all of our great draft profiles, whether your team just took another player, or if you want a deeper dive into David Edstrom, you can go check that out on our YouTube channel. All right, coming up after the break, two more prospects to get to and a very exciting one at that. I'll leave it there. Then we'll wrap up the show discussing Nico Sparks's letter of defeat to The Ottawa Senators, of course, courtesy of Ian Mendez. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends, Bird Dog.
1: Ross, I'm wearing my Bird Dogs right now. Don't believe me? Look, I got the Bird Dogs on. (laughs) Bird Dogs. And why am I wearing my Bird Dogs right now? Because I love Bird Dog shorts. And I believe if you try them, you're gonna love them too. They make you look good. They got stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. That's what you wanna hear. Bird dog shorts do the same thing as Lululemon, but fit better. They fit better than any regular short I've tried, honestly. And Bird Dogs fixed the issue by inventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like a khaki but stretches. I love the stretching of these shorts. And they have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So what you got to do is you got to head to birddogs.com and... Use birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. I've shown you guys the Yeti style Tumblr. I love it. It's clutch. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't wanna take your bird dogs off. We promise you.
0: All right, Pilsy. Final segment here on this Thursday, June 15th. Hilsie, we are less than two weeks away from the NHL draft. Oh, boy. I'm so excited about it. One of my favorite days of the year. I'm not even exaggerating it.
1: Yeah, the you fact, you love the draft.
0: I love the draft. Like I still remember getting in the car, going up to Collingwood from Toronto for yep. the 2021 draft. We had our Hawaiian shirts <laughs> on from the U.S. national team program. Oh, my God. They're taking Chaz Lucius. Wasn't Chaz Lucian. <laughs> but the rest is history. Yes. Coming in at number 28 on our locked on Senators NHL draft rankings with the same average rank as our last prospect at 31. This might be the smoothest criminal we're doing in this entire draft Ooh, prospect. Criminal. Outside of Connor Bedard, always the asterisk. But Mikhail Gulyayev, this guy just screams offensive defenseman.
1: Yeah. Once you decide how to pronounce Mikhail Guliaev's name, you're going to love him. And all you have to do is watch some highlights of him. And he, I I, I like that Ross smooth criminal. I like it. Um, He's a left shot defenseman, five foot 10, 170 pounds. So unlike some of the other uh, Russian prospects we've covered, Ross, he doesn't have that big booming size. Like uh, I, I feel like all the other Russians we've covered are, Six foot two, six foot three, or even more. So he has to get by with some other uh, attribute other than size, and that's his skating. I mean, oh my god, this guy is a breakout machine. He's such a smooth skater. He can duck, dip, dive anywhere on the ice at any given moment. Yeah, dodge. Don't forget dodge. (laughs) Um, And with uh, in the MHL, in twenty two games, he had two goals, twenty three points or 23 assists, rather, good for 25 points. So he was over a point per game in the MHL. And I think uh, earlier I said MHL was like the AHL of the KHL. Sorry, a lot of HLs here. But it's actually more similar to junior. VHL yeah. is like the AHL uh, mm-hmm. league there. So, And he also spent some time in the KHL with one assist in 13 games this season.
0: It's incredible. Like go watch his highlights in another yeah. tab right now as you're watching this because like he's shifty. He's everything. He's got a, he's got a little bit of Tyson Berry in him like that. Like prime Tyson Berry and say what you want now he's just kind of a power play quarterback, but that's the type of defenseman I see Gulyayev becoming at the next level with Omski, you mentioned it over a point per game player. Like it, it's incredible to watch kind of the growth and development and shocker Under six foot defenseman, Scott Wheeler is all over that. 21st, (laughs) the highest on our list. The lowest is Craig Button at 41st. In in between, we've got two at 30 with elite prospects and Corey Prodman. Chris Peters has him at 33. Pilsy, this guy, I I know the Russian factor is at play in, in this draft. If he goes in the second round, this is an absolute home run swing for whatever team takes him there.
1: It could be. It very well could be. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow the roll a little bit here on you to Ross. Slow
0: down, this guy.
1: I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm gonna try because look, you watch the highlights, you see he's so smooth and he can skate, he can break the puck up the ice. Yes. However, in the ten games EP tracked, some of his worst stats were his controlled exit percentage and transition percentage, which shocked me. But then you keep watching more highlights and. Sometimes he's trying to do too much and the puck gets away from him and he doesn't know his next move. Like Ross, it reminds me of, he's like a puppy out there. He's got so much energy. He's bursting with speed. He just wants to go everywhere and he's running around. He's wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, speed energy. But there's absolutely no organized control of what he's doing. Like he's bursting into the offensive zone and then he's like, oh crap what do i do now and then he's in the corner and everyone is now covered everyone has caught up there's no open pass he's at a bad angle and he'll just take a shot from Danny Heatley's all-star spot and that's a low percentage shot that the goalie's just going to save and cover and and now you kind of killed all that momentum so the issue is he has that speed he has that ability to break the puck up the ice but he has a lot of work, in my opinion, and EP kind of referenced the same. He has a lot of work to do in his decision-making because who cares if you get the puck in every time when you take a low-percentage shot or turn it over right after?
0: Well, I think you just need to put him in a good organization that has good coaching and be able mm-hmm. to kind of harness this power. But I would rather have a guy like this than a guy like Edward Saleh that I, I've got to push to be a, a guy who's going full, full out all the time. This guy doesn't have, a first or second gear. He goes one to 10 right away. And it's sure, maybe it's not the longest history, but in the last 13 years, he's got the most productive 16-year-old season by a defenseman in the MHL's history. Like, he had 35 points in 54 games last year, playing 20 minutes, who's famously... Are relying on older players like they do. And that's from, from Wheeler's word for word there. And when you look at kind of his international play as well, and Russia hasn't been involved in the world under 18s, but the Ivan Holenka, five points in five games. As a 16 year old, the Holenka's under 18 as well. So defensively, it's a bit of a mess. He's going to need to go into an organization that's going to harness him and be able to, like, okay. Here's the structure we want you to play in. Now go make your moves within the realm of what we do here in an, as an organization. I think he's going to need that yang beside him to his yang where, where you need yep. him to play with a guy who's responsible in his own zone. But man, he's just a fun player. Like We talk about David Edstrom being a boring player. This is the exact opposite of a, of a type pick. If you take yep. Mikhail Glyayev, you you're going to be like, okay, it's high risk, high reward with this kid.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, But Ross, I actually found uh, some scouts saying that just because he's a small, fast, uh, point-producing defenseman, don't just assume that he's bad at defense because he uses that skating to be a good defender. Like, if you're a good skater, that's going to take away so much time and space from attackers. You're going to be able to win those loose puck battles. You're going to be able to close those gaps sooner if you're out of position or coming back, like, Let's say he does what he usually does and just bursts into the offensive zone and he just, he's in a corner and then he turns it over. Well, luckily, he's a fast skater. He's going to get back just as quick as he got got in the zone, right? So that's very um, good for a guy like him. And I just think there's so much raw talent here. Like, if you're willing to be patient, to have the development, like you mentioned, uh, you can turn Gulyayev into a really good player. And uh, just a little tidbit here Ross speaking of development and coaches his dad Alexander Guliaev is actually the assistant coach of the MHL team he plays on so I'm sure his dad has a good uh good handle on uh, how he's developing
0: exactly all right well we'll find out in less than two weeks or if you're listening to this now maybe your team just selected Mikhail Guliaev and if that's the case man run, don't walk over to, re- to watch his highlights. And you could be extremely excited at what there is potential wise down the road for Mikhail Guliaev when he is able to come over from Russia. And you just hope that he's able to bring this enthusiasm for the game that he has. You hope he's able to bring all sorts of highlight real, real type plays to the next level when he does ultimately make the jump to North America one and to the national hockey league second. So, Coming in at number 28 on our Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings, it's Mikhail Guliaev. All right, coming in at number 29 on the Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings, we're going to Kelowna in the WHL where we have Andrew Kristal.
1: Ross and uh, listeners of the show for a while, you guys know Kelowna has a dear place in my heart. That's my Western Hockey League team. So I was very excited to cover a player from Kelowna and This guy could play on the Kitchener Rangers, a team I absolutely hate, and I would still love to watch this guy because his highlights are mind-blowing. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that's hyperbolic. Like if you watch his offensive highlights, it will blow your mind. Like we talk about video game like skills for Kent Johnson in previous draft, Andrew Cristal has video game type skills.
0: They're best friends, too. Those guys grew up oh together. God. Johnson, Andrew Chris, Allen. And oh, yeah, that kid named Connor Bedard. They all play on a ball hockey team together in a league in North Vancouver. Imagine seeing that on your opponent uh, case next year. So our uh, next game, you're like, okay, it's going to be a tough one tonight. But lottery pick skill is one of the things I have on the side for him because it is so much fun watching him. And uh, lots of goals as well for him in the WHL. 39 goals in 54 games this past season. 95 Ooh. points, 50 penalty minutes as well. And everyone talks about how undersized he is. I mean, he's 5'10". Like, he, he could use to put on a few pounds. But, like, is that really why you're going to pass on Andrew Cristal? Like, we just saw Jonathan Marchessault, So, I'd almost say is a bit of a player comparable uh, mm-hmm. in a sense. Not where he was at the draft, but where he is now. Where he blends this mix of skill and competitiveness all into this ball of fury. I think Andrew Cristal is a left winger, left shot is an extremely high upside pick if you're getting him anywhere from 20 and beyond. I would be shocked if he lasts to the second round. I'd be shocked if he lasts till 29, where our average is, because Corey Prodman has completely skewed this ranking. He has him at 68th on his list. Craig Button has him at 35. Chris Peters has him at 24. Elite Prospects at 19. And Scott Wheeler has him at 13 on his list undersized lots of skill that adds up there as well but to me it's shocking that he is 68th on anybody's list so as you give me another rundown on him i want to go pull up cory promen's thoughts on andrew cristal because to me it makes absolutely no sense
1: well it's interesting ross because uh ep their quote one of their quotes about him is the highs are very very high but the lows are very, very low. I want to start with the highs though, because I'm so excited to talk about this kid. I mean, EP gave him the second best hands in the draft, and Who's you can hurt? see why. Yeah, uh, probably Connor Bernard. I'm going to go on a limb and guess that. But yeah, he's got the dirtiest angles I've ever seen honestly like it's incredible what he's doing he effortlessly weaves through multiple defenders in a row he's toe dragging left right and center and there was a play where he had two guys slip and fall trying to catch him like that is absolutely wild stuff and he loves to use his backhand he can roof it on goalies he does that quite often but honestly Ross it was almost like time this guy's like a time bender like he would come into the offensive zone and like What's he doing? He's got no space here. He's bat- he's putting himself into a corner. Boom, inside out on a defender. Now he's got wide open space in the slot for a good shot or a good pass. Like, it's just people cannot get the puck off this guy's stick when he wants. So I don't know if you have any more uh, positives you want to add to that, Ross, or you've got Corey Prondman's quote now, which I guess we can translate uh, transition that into the negatives, but there certainly are some shortcomings to his game.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, Corey Promin leads off just saying very talented offensively. Puck mm-hmm. on his spring type of hands yes. and routinely beats defenders with his stick handling. Highly imaginative offensive mind. Very good vision. So dangerous on the power play because of his skill and a great shot. The concerns come down to his frame and especially his skating. Lack of foot speed for the higher levels and has an awkward skating mechanic as well, um, saying that he often defaults to like a 10-2 ten, uh, ten where his toes are out and he's kind of, you know, almost figure skate style. But he, he says, and here's how, how Promin finishes, says to, to justify the various risks, he's going to have to score a lot at the NHL level.
1: And I think he might score a lot at the NHL he's level. <laughs> I mean, it, I doesn't would seem, against him. it doesn't seem that crazy, but here's the thing. Like he doesn't have much of a defensive game at all. And if he's not feeling the puck on his stick, he's kind of invisible out there. Like good news is he usually is feeling the puck on his stick. Yeah. I mean, you you hope so. And there's, when he turns it on, there's not many players, honestly, that we've covered that can even come close to him. But the fact is you got to have a B game. This guy has an A plus plus game and then a a D minus game. Right. Like, and that, is not going to fly with coaches. You're not going to be put in spots to succeed if you can't round out your game better. I think he's got to work on the skating. He's got to find a way to be at least not a liability away from the puck. But I just think, Ross, this is with uh, Edstrom. I mentioned if you're a team with a dry prospect um, pool, you don't take him because he's just kind of a safe, boring pick. If you're a team like, let's say, Pittsburgh Penguins, Boston Bruins, he's going to be a national predator. Oh interesting I, I want to get your take on that. but if you're if you're a team with no high-end prospects in your uh, system, you get in your batter stance, you expect a fastball and you swing your absolute shoulders off. I want your your <laughs> shoes falling off. I want the bat flip going into the second row of the crowd like you give everything you've got in this swing and if you develop them right, you might just be running around the bases.
0: It goes back to what Barry Trott said, where he's going to fill out his roster through trades, free agents, all that. He said, give me the highest upside players in the draft. So, well,
1: And that's what Nashville's done, Ross, is they take high upside guys in the draft, most notably defensemen. They, For the last decade, they've had some of the best defensive prospects, but they're like, we got so many of these guys, we'll trade them off to get what we need. And that they've done a good job of that.
0: Yeah, they certainly have. So I'm, I'm calling my shot here that he's going to be a national predator. But whoever takes Andrew Cristal, and if it's your team, get ready for the highlight reel to rack up enormous miles next season in Kelowna and beyond. That's Andrew Cristal coming in at number 29 on our Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings. All right, Pillsy, wrapping up today's show. uh, We already got a note there from the Kimmels the other day, and Ian Mendez uh, tweeting out today the concession speech from Nico Sparks. I'll read it, get a quick thought on you, and then we got to go record a mock draft right now that's coming to you next week, but I want to get your thoughts on this. Congratulations to the Ann Lauer team. They bring a wealth of knowledge and passion for the game of hockey as well as a rich history in team ownership and the intangibles that Ottawa needs. Thank you to the Melnick family, the GSP, and the NHL for serious consideration and support. I especially want to thank our advisors, investors, and supporters. He goes on to list all of them. As you all know, that's a lot. From the beginning, this was an intense and competitive process. We remain proud of our offer, positioning, and ability to affect change inside and outside of the game. We are committed to elevating and expanding professional hockey and bringing it closer to more audiences in innovation and meaningful ways. Go sends nico spark so with that i think just like the kimmels they're setting themselves up for the next available team that they want to be a part of and you know what we're going to be cheering for them absolutely landlauer is the owner of the ottawa senators and we're ecstatic about that we have plenty i run out of pictures to use of michael landlauer so we can't have him on a thumbnail for a little while until he gets officially introduced in ottawa but tomorrow why don't we keep on projecting? Why don't we do Eric Brandstrom.
1: Oh, Okay, here we go. We Eric
0: Brandstrom in the mix here as well. That's coming up tomorrow. Also getting into the second round. Can you believe it? We're already at prospects in our 30s. That's coming up next as two guys in their 30s will discuss. But that's all for today. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day.